Good morning, everybody, again. Theron just said he loved the video. He thought it was hilarious. I did hear quite a few laughter out there. It's funny to think about the things that moms never say. And pretty much just take the opposite, and it's everything you've probably heard throughout your life in that video. So, as I said, I want to say a big thank you to and to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day, especially to my mom Donna and my wife Christy, who both aren't here because they're doing, well, I guess grandmother and motherly duties. Uh, the kids had soccer. I don't know who schedules soccer games on Mother's Day, but it's clearly a man. I got. I'll just admit, who probably <laughs> schedules stuff. Uh, on Mother's Day, uh, but I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law, Cindy, and Marilyn and Opal Christie's uh, grandparents, uh, and of course, as I said already, Christy, as she is out doing just the, the motherly soccer duty things uh, that she has to do. So, which means, this was the great part, is since it's Mother's Day, I can share a lot of stories and embarrass her, and she's not even here. But then someone did remind me that we are online and she can watch it later. So, so I'm kind of debating how, if you see me pause for a second before a story, you're going to be like, ooh, he's debating if he should go there. And highly likely I'll probably go there, just to say. So, you know, we grew up in a close family. We grew up, my grandparents on both my dad's and my mom's side were here living in this area. We, we saw them all the time. Uh, We we saw my aunt and uncle a lot. They were down in Virginia. That's a a short ride, depending on traffic, if anybody knows how you go down 95. And we we want to feel like everybody is important in this day. All people are our mothers to somebody. Whether you're a biological mother, you're an aunt, you're a stepmom, everything is of value to somebody. A a spiritual mother, somebody who comes alongside and, and raises you in the faith. That's why during, as we had the announcement for child dedications, if you know, during the child dedication, we have the whole church stand up. And church stand up and say, I agree to see this child raised in the ways of the Lord. Whether you're in Sunday school or within youth group, all these ways in which you help raise up, hopefully, godly children who will honor the Lord in all they do. So, I want to take you back in time. It was September 2003. It was my junior year at Emmaus, and I was preparing for the upcoming basketball season, so me and my roommate were shooting hoops at the gym at Emmaus. There it is. Glorious. That's the actual gym. Glorious it is. Well, we had this thing at Emmaus called Swap, and basically they could work you couple hours a week, few hours a week, and they would take money off your tuition if you would serve in this way, well, serve in such an honoring way to the school. Um, and on this one particular day, there was one job, which is gym supervisor. So as I was shooting my hoops in there, you know, looking all studly and everything, There was this freshman by the name of Christy Bell who was supervising the gym. And I was giving off my best impression. You could even say the gym wasn't the only thing she was watching that day. So, see, I told you, I'll go there. But little did I know that that interaction would lead the person who I would marry, who would become the mother of my children and the rock of our family. 
Thank you. There we go. I appreciate that. So that's what we celebrate today. Not me just finding Christy, but the ones who invest in our lives, the ones who come around us. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul writes these words to, to life in the church. And he says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. And this is where we get a bigger picture of what the church family is about. It's not just about your, your biological family. But Paul says, look, your church family is your family. Your church family is the one that surrounds you and encourages you and lifts you up. So as I said before, we, we celebrate clearly moms this day, but we celebrate all the women who, who invest in our lives, who take great pain in the process, and we celebrate that today. And as we look at that, I want to look at a few examples today that we see in Scripture of godly mothers, of women who raise their children in ways and what we can learn from them as we look at their example. And before we do, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our mothers and the women that you bring into our lives. Thank you for the godly example that they set for us, for the driving around, for the keeping of the family together, for all for your glory and for your honor, Lord. Be with us today as we look to your word, for the examples that you have given to us. Be with me as I open your word, and I trust the preaching of your honoring of truth and of glory, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first example I want to look at is Hannah. And we learn about Hannah in the first two chapters of 1 Samuel. You see, there was this man, who, and he had two wives. Just a side note, this is not something that is encouraged in Scripture, what we see in the Old Testament. We're not going there for Mother's Day. That's a whole separate lesson. It is something that God never honors. But this man had two wives, and one of his wives was giving him children. And it was a glorious honor. But there was Hannah. Hannah was childless. And it's this time and in this age where children were your benefactors. They were the one who would live on as the family continued. It was looked down upon for these women. And you would see that the one wife would annoy her, would talk down to her and talk about how Hannah just was unable to have children. Well, we jump into the story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 9, and we're going to see how Hannah reacts in this situation. It says, After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on your the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. You see, in her distress, she visits the temple or the tabernacle here in Shiloh. And here she is in her distress. She comes before the Lord and she prays, and she calls herself first what we learn, 
a servant of the Lord. Remember, we are, this is coming out of the period of the judges, when everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. It was a messed up time. We just came through judges in our reading plan, and we read all about the stories there and how evil the people were. But here we have Hannah, someone who felt defeated, who was mocked by the other wife. And here she calls herself a servant of the Lord. Someone who seeks after the Lord, who is in close contact with the Lord, who puts the Lord first in everything that she does. Which is probably why she comes to this temple and she comes before the Lord and she prays. She prays for a son. And she says, Lord, if you will give me a son, then I will dedicate to him. I will make a vow of him. And we see this vow, the vow of the, the Nazarite. It is similar to, to Samson and John the Baptist where she mentions the shaving of the head, but there's also a couple others of not touching dead bodies, which sounds pretty good, but then also abstaining from grapes. And this was the vow that somebody would make to the Lord. And here she says, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you for your glory. Well, if you know the story, you know that she, the Lord is blessed with a son. And she names him Samuel. Samuel is so important, he gets two books named after him. Pretty important. He also becomes one of the leaders of Israel during this time. He is the one who will anoint Saul, the one who will anoint David. He is the leader of this nation. And it all comes from this, a mother who was a servant of the Lord, who came before the Lord and prayed. Her story continues. We'll pick it up in verse 20. It says, And in due time Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, and she said, I have asked of him for the Lord. Verse 27, For the Lord, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord. And she worshiped the Lord there. You see, again, she mentions often how many times she mentions that she prays to the Lord for this child. One thing that we see in this is how often, obviously, do we pray mothers for our children. Now, I know the prayer you often make for your children. Lord, help this child. That's usually the prior of the prayer most I hear often, maybe even in our own context. Lord, help this child. But as we pray to the Lord, we pray for their future. We, we pray that they might find the Lord in their time, that they will understand the scriptures, that we will dedicate them to the Lord and raise them in the scriptures. D.L. Moody says this about the prayers of a mother. He says, the impression that a praying mother leaves upon her children is lifelong. Perhaps when you are dead and gone, your prayers will be answered. Sometimes you don't even see the prayers that you've been praying for years to be answered. The key is we keep on praying for our children. She was praying even before she had her child. It is long in preparation for the honor of being a mother. In 1 Thessalonians, it tells us to pray without ceasing. 
And I know coming from a family of three boys, there was probably much prayer without ceasing in our family. So, looking at verse 12, we, we gather that this was just not a quick prayer. But this was repeated requests over and over, praying without ceasing. Be persistent in our prayers for our children. Once your child grows up and begins their own family, continue to pray. Pray for this situation. Pray for life for your children. The next thing I think we see is something all parents can relate to, and that's the self-sacrifice. In this case, she actually sacrifices and gives up her child to the Lord. It must have been hard for this mother to pray for this child. She has desired to have this son. But we see as it comes to the point where she weans him, she takes him to the temple to be of service in God's house. It must have left her maybe a little bit of a, a broken heart, even though it was something that she had planned. It must not have been easy, but she knew what was best for the child. She knew that he would be raised in a place where he would live a life honoring and fulfilling to Christ and to God. You know, ever since 2008 when Ava was born, I have seen Christy sacrifice many things over and over as a mother. When we first started, uh, when Ava was first born, we worked at Youth for Christ out in Frederick County. And she was the, the office manager there, and she actually brought in Ava in a pack-and-play. And there in the office would care for Ava throughout the day as she was in this pack-and-play, playing and cooing, made all the things that babies do. I know it wasn't an easy thing for her, but it was the sacrifices that she makes. Also, while working for Youth for Christ, there, there was a, it's not happening anymore, but there was a, a conference down in Ocean City called Impact. It was this huge high school conference, and when Ava was four months old, you can guess where she went for the first time. She went to Impact. And it was difficult being, difficult enough being on a high school retreat, but being on a high school retreat with a four-month-old still amazes me how Christy did all that she has done. As I said, and she's not even here today because she is carrying out her duties. Well, I mean, not duties, that's came out, that was a slip of the tongue. But her, her joy in caring for her children and going to side. That's going to come back, isn't it? Whoa. That's when you regret these things being on the internet. I'm going viral. All right. Uh, a, a teacher of her class of second graders was giving a lesson about magnets, what they do, how they work. The next day, she, she gave a, a written test, and it included this question. My full name has six letters. The first one is M, and I pick things up. What am I? When all the papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished that 50% of the class had said the word mother. You see, mothers are sacrificing. They're always cleaning up after their children. I have heard many women say, my, it feels like my work is never done. If you husbands and fathers are like me, I, I know that we don't appreciate it enough. You ever seen the, the movies uh, Finding Nemo? Or, or near the newest one, Finding Dory. Well, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I was reflecting on those movies, and I was like, you know what? If I didn't have Christy in my life, I would be, or maybe I already am, like Dory. 
I would be wandering around hopelessly forgetting all the things in my life, forgetting where I'm supposed to be, forgetting my name, all these things that Christy controls and does well with our family. You know, one of the things in our house that we have is the dishwasher. And every now and then, a lot of times, I will end up emptying the dishwasher. But sometimes, something will happen. Christy will be in the kitchen, and she can't find something. She'll look through the cabinets where it's supposed to be, and she'll say, did you empty the dishwasher? And I say, yeah. He says, where's this bowl? Oh, I, don't, I didn't know where it went, so I put it over here. So, so we now have a rule in our house. It is a rule that if I am emptying the dishwasher and I don't know where something goes, I have permission to just leave it on the counter. And then at her, when at her convenience, she will come see it and be like, okay, he didn't know where this went. I will put this away for him. So all that to say, there's a great deal of sacrifice in dealing with kids and husbands. And in this sense, she was sacrificing giving up her child to the Lord. Moms want what's best for their children. They want what's best for their family. I think all moms want their children to find their purpose in serving God, just like Hannah. She wanted her son Samuel to, to serve the Lord in the temple. And what a great servant of the Lord we see that he was as he led the nation of Israel. And I think it all starts with his mother. The second example I want to look at today is Eunice, the mother of Timothy. You know, we don't get a lot of verses about her, but the verses that we do get are very powerful in letting us see a glimpse into the world of Timothy and his family. In Acts 16, there's a reference to her, but not by name. It mentions her as Timothy's mother, who is a Jew, who is now a believer. Uh, but then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we get her name and also the name of Timothy's grandmother. Now through this, we also learn that his father was a Gentile. To, this, it, to us, it might not mean much to hear that, but back then it meant a lot. Because Jews didn't normally marry Gentiles. The text really doesn't say much about his father because we assume with him being a Gentile, maybe there wasn't faith there. So it makes an interesting note. It says, Christian women here today who have a husband who is disinterested in God, Timothy's mom was in your shoes. And the same holds true for Christian men with a disinterested wife. Timothy was impacted through the faith by a single parent. Our God can work through any family situation. There is no prescribed way in which he works. He can redeem and touch the lives in any scenario of life. So as we jump into this story, we see in 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 5, Paul writes this. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. We are given insights, as I said, into this family structure here. Timothy was one of Paul's closest partners in ministry. Timothy traveled with Paul. Paul trusted Timothy enough to leave him in cities that they traveled to. Paul reflected with great joy about the faith that Timothy had. And where did that faith come from? We are told that it came from his mother and first in his grandmother. 
we see a faith that is passed down through the generations. Now remember, Christianity was, was fairly new at this point. But one thing that we see is that when Paul was on his first missionary journey in Acts 16, in Acts 14 actually, this is when the, the gospel came to Timothy's hometown. When they heard the connection between the Old Testament and, and this Jesus who came and his grandmother and his mother found salvation as they heard the words of Paul. Now remember, it says that Timothy's mother was a Jew. And we find out later on in 2 Timothy that she raised him in the Scriptures. Just turn a few pages over to chapter 3. And starting in verse 14, Paul says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He knew the scriptures. He heard the, the Old Testament taught from his mother and his grandmother. And then when Paul came and preached to them, they realized the salvation that God had provided in Jesus Christ. And their family wouldn't be the same. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says this, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. Forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and penance for your neck. His family studied the word together. And when they heard it illuminated through the Spirit, they came to salvation in Christ. We're an example his mother and grandmother must have set for him. Billy Graham says these words when, when talking about the influence of mothers. He says, Only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in molding the character of her children. The Christian faith runs deep in my family. It runs deep in Christie's family as well. Her, her grandparents setting the, the godly example for Christie to be raised in with her parents. My parents raising me in the same scriptures, providing the example. And then we came together, and, and now our family finds its roots in, in what has been passed down through generations, an understanding of the Word of God and teaching it to our children. I'm thankful for all the women who have played that role in my life. What about your life? Who are the women that you need to thank today? The ones who God brought along in your life to teach you and set the example for you in the same way of Timothy's mother and his grandmother. It's important that you let them know how much it meant to you on this day, but also every day. Timothy, in the same way, was molded by these two important people in his faith. Paul describes his faith as sincere. It was a real faith. And the church played a huge role in this as well. You see, it's not just the church's role to play in these influencing of ways. We get your children for maybe a, a, an hour during Sunday school or maybe two or three hours if they're in youth group. But the family is where faith is presented. The church assists and helps the family, but the family is the center for God's word for the children. This is where we are shaped, where we are molded into the faith. You know, one of my favorite stories about Kenzie when she was little, one of my favorite quotes from her was, I don't exactly remember what I was doing, 
But this is what Kenzie said. Kenzie says, Daddy, don't do that. If you do that, then I'll learn to do it. So I, I don't, I mean, I can't remember what I was doing, but clearly I was doing something where she felt the need at a very young age, maybe like three or four when this occurred, to say, Daddy, don't do that. If you do that, I'm going to learn to do that. Now, I, I wish I could remember because I'm sure it couldn't have been terrible, but whatever it was, it got her attention, and that has stuck with me to this day. And why is that? Because she would follow my example. What efforts are, are, are we taking to set the right example for the kids around us? Do, you, do your kids see you reading the Word? Do they see you praying over the Scriptures? What songs do they hear you listening to or, or singing to or shows that you are watching? Children become what they see. Timothy's sincere faith first lived in his grandmother and in his mother. I can remember when, when Ava was also three or four, kind of, I guess, a prime time for, like, funny sayings of children. But she would often play school, and we would often hear her say things like, you want my job? You will listen. Do you hear me? And we were like, what is this coming from? Little we find out she's actually repeating phrases she was hearing from a teacher. Now, we won't say how this speaks of this teacher or so, but it was quite interesting to realize that as she was playing school, she was picking up on some of the phrases that her teacher was giving to her and saying these out. We were just scratching our It was at first quite hilarious. Then we were like, what the heck is going on in school? So we figured all these things out. And trust me, kids are watching and hearing more than you realize. Paul somehow figured out that Timothy was raised in knees from an infant, and he spoke well of this family, that they made a point to take the time to raise in the Scriptures. Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11 tell us that when we hide Scripture in our lives, when we digest it and we know it, our ways are kept pure. Our sinful tendencies are weakened. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 1, where it talks about the blessed man who delights in the law of the Lord, where he meditates on the law day and night. This person then is like streams planted by water whose roots grow deep and whose fruit prospers in everything that he does. So what do we do here as we think about this? Timothy's parents raised him from when he was young. It's never too early to start with our kids, to read the scriptures, to tell the stories. Timothy became the man he was due to the godly influence of his mother and his grandmother. They grew those deep roots in scripture. Another thing that his mother did, which is, I know, hard, and it's also something that Hannah did, we talked about earlier, was let go. Just like Frozen, right? Every time you hear that thing, let go. That's all you think about. I know it because you've heard it for years and years. But this is hard, right? We raise our kids, our mothers invest time, and hopefully they invested it, and then we leave. We go off on our own to continue teaching. Hannah sent her son off to the temple. 
Eunice here had to send her son off with Paul to go off on these missionary journeys, to go off to all these cities and just trust in the things that he had been raised in. We don't hear her talking and saying about, come home. We need you here. She must have known what his mission was. It's tough on moms when you raise them and to see them leave the home. But you trust in the things that you have raised them in. You trust in the work of God in their lives. Both these moms let their servants go, and they became great leaders of the faith. Mothers, you have prayed for your children. You have taught them in the scriptures, and you let them go for service to God. These are three great examples to look in. As we close, I want to take a look at just one more passage. And it comes from Proverbs 31, like the classic passage for Mother's Day. If you don't have anything else to preach on Mother's Day, just turn to Proverbs 31. And in verse 10, it talks about an excellent wife, or in some versions it says a capable woman. It says, who can find? She is more precious than jewels. Can any of the men in this room speak to the truth of that value, of the, how precious our wives and the mothers are to our families? And we won't read through this whole passage, but here's a, a long list of things that this describes, this most excellent wife, this capable woman, as it says she is dependable. She's a provider. She's strong. She's hardworking, caring, generous, self-respected, wisdom, and she is kind. I can think of mothers and spiritual mothers to who these descriptions think about and how they check off every single one <clears throat> of those lists. But see, then you get to the end of Proverbs 31, and it gives maybe the two most important things. And in verse 30, it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Remember, this isn't like a scary movie type of thing of fear. It is an awe. It is a reverence of the Lord. Hannah, remember, called herself a servant of the Lord. You find a woman who loves God and puts him first, and you will find something more precious than jewels. The last thing it says there, and let her words praise her in the gates. You see, our wives and our mothers, those spiritual mothers, are worthy of praise. Honor for what they do in our families. The gates were kind of this meeting place in the city where business was done. And it says, in these gates, she will be praised. She will be honored in all that she does. It is a Mother Day, Mother's Day rejoicing at the gates. This has been an amazing look to dive in and see these examples of mothers. And the worship team can make their way back as we get ready to close. But I, I want to share this little story. There, there, was, there was a little boy who forgot his lines in, during a Sunday school presentation. His mother, as you often sometimes see, was in the front row. She was kind of gesturing and trying to mouth the words to him 
as he was standing there being so forgetful. Finally, she realized she just had to kind of whisper the words. So she whispers so he can hear and says, I am the light of the world. The child beamed with great feeling and with a loud voice said, My mother is the light of the world. You see, Hannah and Eunice in Proverbs 31 are an amazing example of mothers. They are the light of the world to Samuel and to Timothy. Two sons who would do amazing work for the Lord. And you can trace it back to the example of their mothers. Proverbs 31 gives a beautiful picture of what the wife and mother of a godly family looks like. Moms, grandmothers, stepmoms, family friends, teachers, administrators, women, whatever your role is, you have a great value to the family and the lives you affect. As we get ready to close, I just want to say one last time, thank you, moms. Thank you for the time and the effort that you put in to raising your children. And as a husband, thank you for all the annoyances, the stuff that you put up with from us, of not emptying the dishwasher appropriately. All those things have great value, and you are cared for in your families. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our moms this day. We, we give you praise with grateful hearts for the mom, the ladies, the grandmoms, the aunts, the neighbors, the teachers, all who have influenced us. As we remember our years, whether many or short, we can identify countless women who have encouraged, loved, nurtured, helped, directed, cried, and attended to all of our needs. Lord, we thank you for the care of women. They're, they're quiet and determined spirits. They're warm and welcoming lives. You, O oh God, have blessed us and touched us and impacted us with our moms. And we say thank you. For those here today who have recently lost their moms in death. For those who don't have maybe even the best mom in their lives. For those we are here to say, we know that you love and you care for us and you will raise us up again with those who have gone. For those who have feel the pain, we, we pray for those, Lord. Lord, we trust you with these moms. We trust you with our needs. Lord, we pray these things and we thank you in your son's name. Amen.